So one of the churches I served, we had some uh, people who struggled economically start coming to church, and the best they had to wear was a clean t-shirt, jeans, and tennis shoes. And I had uh, a couple of people who, this was in the, what, early 2000s. So I still had many people who, who wore uh, a tie and jacket still. I had one guy who every week came with a different tie. I was like, Lord, how many ties do you have? But I had one couple in that church who approached me afterwards and said, I really wish those people would dress nicer. And I said, well, they're coming in the best they've got. They're coming in the best they got. When people say stuff like that to me, I, I keep it to myself. I do not go and say it to the people who they complained about because one, no. Two, stupid, not gonna do it. But somehow they found out. So a couple Sundays later, they came in the guy was wearing his nice flannel shirt. And they said to me, why didn't they tuck it in? And, and this, this couple, there's two guys, one, of the, one guy and his wife and their three kids and, and then a friend of theirs, um, Reverend Winstead, you're from North Carolina, aren't you? You've been to North Carolina? In the, weren't you ordained in Carolinas? Yes, that's your home conference. And that's also the home of a little organization called NASCAR, correct? They have that. <laughs> so they would wear, not only this, but they had these very expensive NASCAR jackets. And, and it was the best they had. It was the best they had. And I had folks complaining about it. Friends, the church is not declining because of Jesus. The church is declining because some of us are grumpy. Amen. And after the can't they tuck it in thing, this, this, our NASCAR crew, we ended up calling them. The, the husband came to me and he said, why are, those, why are those people so grumpy? And I said to him, well, I know life didn't end up the way they thought it would. Things didn't go for them the way they planned. And he looked at his wife. <laughs> he never called her by name. He always called her by the color of her hair. And he said, red. <laughs> what do you think we can do to help them? The gentleman at my last church who told me the reason people are poor is because they've got no money. And when he said, you know what, people need, and I assume money, and he said, no, people don't need money. They need people to walk with them. 
They just need people to walk with them and not abandon them and not judge them. They just need people to walk with them. Whether the best they have is a t-shirt or the best they have is a grumpy spirit. My NASCAR crew knew more of Jesus having been in the church for six months because they experienced love from a whole lot of people. And when they didn't experience it, they knew that person needs some help. Maybe we need to walk with them. The tragedy of this passage is it never happened. It's all right. You can beep at me if you want. <laughs> I'm glad you agreed. Yes, it is tragic. <laughs> Tragedy is it never happened. When the pilgrims moved to America, they called themselves a new Israel. This is one of the passages they chose not to live out. Right? It hasn't been lived out. In fact, whether it was slavery or an indentured servitude, Christians over the generations have, choos- have chosen to, rec- to ignore this passage. Much to our detriment. Much to our detriment. Can you agree with that? If, if we love God, last week we talked about you can't love God and money, right, or greed. If we love God, then we live with this open hand. And if if we live with that generosity of spirit to other people, I believe God does something amazing for us. But I don't think we can live with that open hand and that practical care for other people if you don't first love yourself. That couple who complained about the T-shirt and the untucked flannel they were also very critical about themselves. What do poor people need? They need people who are going to walk with them in their poverty and not judge them. And all of us are poor somewhere. All of us have a poverty, a need somewhere. The gospel is the great equalizer, right? Every single person who comes to the cross, doesn't matter how much money, status, or anything else you have, you come to Jesus, you're a child of God, just like the person next to you. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. How does that work? Everybody come in together. Make sense? God has provided for us more than we could ask or imagine. If we're going to live with an open hand, maybe you need to start here. Maybe you need to open generosity to yourself. And this is spiritualizing something that's very practical, and we'll get to the practical here in a moment. But I believe if we change our hearts, then maybe we can change our actions and from that change the world. When you look in the mirror, How compassionate are you upon yourself? Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, 
Thank you for praying for me. Open my hand to ease suffering. God has provided. If we're suffering, then maybe we need to start with a little bit of generosity here. Maybe that's where we need to start. Maybe we need to see where God has provided. Maybe we need to accept that. Maybe we need to not be judgmental. I don't know where you need it for you, but this is where I need it for me. I shared last week that I was having some medical tests and I'd hoped to get some answers and I did get an answer and the answer was, this isn't what's causing it. Guess who didn't get the answer he wanted? It rhymes with C, only starts with an M. You ever got an answer you didn't want? And I looked, and, and as I asked more and more questions, the doctor said, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then he said, you know what, this might be the situation. When I left, though, I forgot about that one little thing. And I was sharing with Elizabeth, you know, the doctor said, not this, not that. Couldn't help me, didn't know, didn't know, didn't know. And then he said, maybe it's this. And she was like, maybe it's that. We have something else we can try. I didn't want to try anything else. I wanted a pill and be done. Anybody else? I was frustrated. I was angry. And grace came in. And through the voice of my wife, reminded me there's hope and eased my suffering. I just had to hear it. How many of you struggle to hear the good words that God brings to you through people who love you? Mm. See, we live with an open hand toward others sometimes, but we fail to give it to ourselves. And sometimes we fail to receive it from those closest to us, don't we? Would you pray with me again? Holy Spirit, thank you for providing for me. Open my hand to ease suffering. As we live with an open hand toward ourselves, and we receive that open hand from others. How has God given you more than you can ask or imagine? We have a, a church in Indianapolis, uh, Broadway, United Methodist, that had a, a very active ministry in its community. Um, they hired a pastor to be a community listener to go around, and they had, they had had a food pantry for generations, extensively used. And they started adapting how they did things, and when people came in, instead of just, what do you need? here, they asked them, what are some things you're interested in? What's something you could teach somebody? What are some skills or tools that you have so that we can be partners in ministry, not just a handout? 
It has changed how they do ministry. It has changed the culture of that area because one church was the light and said, we don't look at you as a problem to be solved. We look at you as partners to work with to make the kingdom of God more real here today than it was yesterday. Right? So as we live with that open hand, how many of you all have a problem to be solved in your family? Anybody got a problem in your family? You all have a name. I see the eyes. You may not be saying, yeah, but you know crazy Uncle Ralph, right? You know that kid who you just are like, Lord, please help them because I can't anymore. Anybody got that? Any of y'all have a nephew or a niece or a cousin? Cousins are the worst. God bless them, right? If God has provided for you, how do you live with an open hand toward that person? I'm going to invite you here in a moment to pray specifically for them. Specifically for them. Right? The help they may want may not be the help they need. Right? In Brianna's Hope, we have a conversation regularly that I will not, I will walk with you as far as you're willing to go. I'm not going to push you from behind or pull you from in front. And it works the same with people who are struggling in anything. I will walk with you as far as you're willing to go. And if I have something, the, the proverb says, if it's in your hand to help somebody, don't withhold it. What connections do you have that could help this person? What wisdom? What information? How many tools do you have? What are the things that you have that could help this person? You know, that couple who complained about the way people dressed. If they had gotten to know those young people, that NASCAR crew, if they had gotten to know them and gotten to develop a relationship with them, the woman in the couple who was grumpy was an impeccable dresser. She was impeccable. And she could have helped Red a lot. And Red would have welcomed it because she didn't have a mom in her life. Hmm. But you got to develop the relationship first. Right? Who in your family? Let's start there. Who in your family could you ease some suffering by canceling a debt relationally, by canceling a debt physically? Who in your family? Would you please, as we pray, I invite you to name that person. Okay? Holy Spirit, thank you for providing for me Open my hand to ease John's suffering. God has provided for you. What happens if you would help that person? You all have an idea of what life would look like if they were better, right? Well, if they would just do this, things would be better, correct? You know what they need, right? not just people in your family. 
we're called to care for our community and reach out further. Who's in your community? Who are the people in your community? Go ahead and start naming them. Ruby Ned. So neighbors, people in our church family. You'll, you'll note in the passage this morning, they were allowed to loan money to people who weren't Israelites, who weren't part of their community, right? Make sense? But for the people in their tribe, you're going to treat them differently. You treat them with grace and with an open hand. Who are the people in your tribe, your community? It's your neighbors, friends, anybody else? Coworkers? Right. So if we live in an ever-expanding embrace of the world, who in that world could you help? Who in that world could you help? How many of y'all garden? Anybody garden? Yeah? How many of y'all have zucchini? It's a gift that keeps giving, right? Especially when you go away, you end up with a baseball bat. Right? One of the people in our community, we, in our doctor's office, we go to a nutritionist to try and figure out what's wrong with me. And as we were sitting there this last week, brought up, I, I had made something with zucchini. I just took and, and julienned it and made coleslaw out of zucchini. And she was like, oh, you can do that? And I was like, yeah, baseball bat, zucchini, you can do that really easy. Yeah. And I, you want the recipe? Slice. Sauce. There you go. Done. Uh, <laughs> how worse. <laughs> so, but I had a gift to give her that made her life better. And if you have ever had an abundance of zucchini, you know the suffering because nobody will take it. Right? All of you have gifts you can give to help the world be better. And you never know Till you open your mouth or you open your ears where it might make the world better. Even just sharing a zucchini recipe. Got several others too. So I want you to think about the people in your world who you can bless, the people in your community. But Jesus tells us something else. For the Israelites, you can lend to foreigners, but not to people in your own tribe. Jesus is talking and somebody says, what, what should I do? And Jesus says, you know, the commandments, love God, love your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? And what did Jesus say? He tells the story about the Samaritan. We call it the good Samaritan, right? Who's your neighbor? Who's in your community? Who's in your tribe? Everyone. Think about when you were young. How many of y'all had loans you had to pay? Anybody? What would it have been like if every seven years those had been canceled? I have a friend who went back to seminary as a second career. Seminary cost around $100,000. He had 60000 in loans from that. He will pay them off and retire in three years. 
You will pay them off this year. Retire in three years. What would happen if our debts were canceled every seven years? How would people be able to start over? What would happen if the resources that you had to help people, you were able to actually see the help happen? I'm not saying that we excuse irresponsible living. There's accountability and all that. That happens. But what would happen if we gave people a chance? The number one cause for bankruptcy in America for the last at least decade, medical expenses. Your kid's sick, you're going to say, suck it up, sorry we don't have money. Go to the hospital, right? Live generously. So who in your world that you know that you could help, could you help? That's where it starts. Holy Spirit, thank you for providing for me. Open my hand to ease my community's suffering. Now, if you help yourself, help those in your family and those close to you, how many of you are looking going, I don't have much more of me left to help other people? right? There's only so much we can do. We live with an open hand, but you can't solve every problem, can you? No. It's beyond your ability. You are good, my people, but you're not that good. That's okay. Um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, he said, it is good to pull people out of the river when we see them in the river. But somebody ought to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. Jim Wallace, the founder of Sojourners, he, he took that a step differently. He brought up Micah 6.8. Anybody know Micah 6.8? What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love, mercy, and walk humbly with your God? And he said, imagine yourself walking by that river that Archbishop Desmond Tutu mentioned, and you see you are, you're praying, that is walking humbly with God, and you see somebody in the river, and you go to pull them out, that is loving mercy. And you see somebody else, and you pull them out, and you pull them out, and you pull the next one, and the next one. Doing justice is when you go up and you stop whoever's throwing them in the river. And I know we don't like talking religion, politics, and sex in our public spheres because they make people uncomfortable, but it really hasn't helped us out as a society, has it? Hasn't. Imagine a world where we live with an open hand culturally and systemically as a nation so that there would be no poor among us. What would that look like? Did you know if the tax rebates given to the top five corporation were ended? Let's just take Amazon. If all the tax incentives, tax rebates, tax breaks given to them were ended, there would be fully funded pre-K, fully funded daycare nationwide. 
There would be fully funded lunches for kids in school. There would be fully funded. The Medicare questions are gone. They're gone. So how do you get people to stop throwing people in the river? You get politically active. And you use that voice you've got. You start dreaming up new ideas. Somewhere along the line at this church, somebody said, you know what? There are families who struggle to clothe their kids. We ought to do something about that. And somebody began by just going and taking individual family shopping. And somebody else said, you know what? We have all these clothes. Let's just have some of them here. Our kids aren't wearing them anymore. Instead of having people go to Goodwill, we'll just give them away. Right? Somebody had that idea here. And now... How many kids every week are cared for out of that back closet? 80 to 100. Every week. Because somebody got creative. Somebody got creative. Imagine if we all started getting creative and coming up with things. What would it be like? We're working on a group to care for people who are caring for loved ones, caregiver support group. What would it be like if there was no more Alzheimer's? What would it be like if there was no more Parkinson's? What would it be like if dementia was done and cancer was a thing of the past? Right? Let's start dreaming big with our open-handedness. And those things can happen if we all work together. There is a poverty in our nation that money won't help, but walking alongside people who are struggling will. What do poor people need? Someone to walk with them through the struggle. What do you need? Somebody to walk with you through the struggle. You see how we're all the same? Would you pray with me one last time? Holy Spirit, thank you for providing for me. Open my hand to ease suffering. Amen.